Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the kickoff. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the fantasy football mastermind edge. The definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Nazareth, has several decades of fantasy football experience. His website, ffmastermind.com, offers comprehensive fantasy football information, including a preseason drafting strategy guide and weekly in-season fantasy football newsletters. The Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge offers fantasy football picks to click and flip. The latest NFL news and much, much more each week during the fantasy football season. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. You lose! Good day, sir! Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge. Michael Nazareth. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is November 21st. This is week 13 of the 2023 NFL season. My name's Michael Nazareth, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. We had a little bit te- technical difficulties, but I'm here, and hopefully my co-host Chris Rito is here. Are you here, Chris? Let's try that again. Are you there? There you are. Now I can hear you. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh yeah, I was. I was. Ta- I was talking away. I was just saying I didn't hear your melodic tones, so I, I thought maybe yes. you weren't there. But uh, we're here now. I <laughs> had trouble. My phone was trouble connecting with the codes and such. But we're we're on now. I just muted you and re uh, unmuted you, and it, it's good. We're good to go. So let's get right to the show. Jeez. Yeah, it's Yikes. been a crazy day. Uh, <laughs> Uh, hopefully you got that template I sent you, Chris, so we'll know exactly what we're I talking did. about here. Okay, so let's get right to the news and notes. Uh, a lot of big injuries here that just happened. Uh, well, this is Turkey Day weekend, gobble, gobble, so happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Hopefully you're going to have a good Thanksgiving with your uh, family, friends and friends and family, and hopefully you might be listening to this as you're eating the turkey and such. It's Tuesday night here. So let's get right to it. Uh, in Green Bay, uh, Aaron Jones, boy, a uh, guy can't catch a break. Uh, first, it, it was a, um, uh, an injury earlier this year. It's escaping my head right now. Uh, hamstring, I think. Uh, anyway, now uh, he's got a knee injury. It's an MCL injury, so he's going to be out for a while. Uh, everyone's a turn to A.J. Dillon, right? Well, he's got a groin injury, and he's kind of been limited in practice. Uh, they went ahead, and, and then the third running back, uh, Mr. Wilson, Emmanuel Wilson, I believe is his name, he got injured too. Uh, so they signed Patrick Taylor, a former Packer, off somebody's practice squad, and he's going to back up Dylan if Dylan can go. So the question here is uh, fantasy impact. Uh, Chris, how does this affect the Green Bay offense, and do you start Dylan if you got him if he plays? Uh, well, we're going to talk a little bit more about him in our clicks and flicks, so I won't steal a lot of the thunder from there. But I'd be, I'd be a little cautious, especially in this matchup on a short week with a soft tissue injury like a groin. Uh, I guess it's pretty good run defense, so I, I'd say the answer is no, unless you really, really have to. But uh, I think there's a lot to be concerned about with the Green Bay offense, especially the running game right now. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, in fact, on one of my teams, I own both uh, Jones and Dylan, and I'm not planning on starting either of them. But you know, that's that's uh, because I've got other options. 
Let's move on over to Miami, where Devon Achan was uh, heralded for his comeback from a knee injury, too. And then he lasted all of, I think, three or four snaps, a couple of touches, and uh, uh, he re-injured the knee and went to the sideline. And uh, he wanted to go back in the game, but the coaches said, no, we're going we're gonna to be uh, play safe with you. And so Salvan Ahmed uh, came in and replaced him and played along with Raheem Mostert. And then all of a sudden, Ahmed's got an injury, and he's been placed on IR. So it's Mostert and who? Uh, maybe Achan, uh, Jeff Wilson. So what's your thoughts on the Miami running game, and should people stay away from everybody not named Mostert? Uh, well, I, I, you know, you definitely don't want to get rid of him. I, mean, I think Wilson now becomes rosterable with Ahmed uh, on, the, uh, on the IR. Um, Achan might actually be – something worth considering as a flex this week, just because he's got that one play for you, big points potential. Um, I, I do, I take them at their, at their word that last week that he, he could have come in, he was trying to come back in and they were just kind of being protective because they have, they have plans beyond one week of this season. And they know that uh, Devon Achan is going to be a big part of that. So I think that makes most of a great play this week. Um, and Achan is an, is an interesting flex play, but I would not rely on him. As, as your one or two running back, uh, again, unless you don't have a lot of options, just because I want to see it and I want to see him last the game before I rely on him. If he does last the whole game and he plays, you know, his normal, even 40% of the snaps, I think you could probably use him as at least a two going forward just because of that explosive potential like he was early in the year. Yeah, I, 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 you took the words right out of my mouth, right out of the paper, the newsletter, and the market feature. I discussed this, and I, I, if I have Ed Chan right now, I do not start him until he can make it through a game without getting injured and, and does something that looks good and resembles uh, something similar to what he was doing earlier in the year. Now, moving on over to wide receiver, everyone in Minnesota that owns Justin Jefferson wants to know uh, if he's going to be playing this week coming off that hamstring injury. He's been on IR, and he's been practicing, but they keep calling him questionable, and he doesn't play. What's interesting is that uh, uh, poor Justin's been getting a lot of DM, DMs in, <laughs> uh, on, on Twitter and such asking people, hey, you got to play. You know, I got my fantasy team. Well, you know, Justin was so fr- frustrated by the whole situation, he, he made a, a public statement saying, hey, I don't care about your fantasy team. This is real life. Uh, I want to come back and play, and I don't want to get hurt again. Uh, we've got a bye coming up next week. We'll see this week. The issue here is that it's a Monday night game. So uh, the the issue here, Chris, is if you own Justin Jefferson, what do you do? Yeah, this is a tough one. I actually own him in one of my leagues where uh, <clears throat> where I where I could really use him. I'm right on, I'm right uh, at the edge of winning my division. So that that Monday night game coupled with the bye week coming up the week after is a is a real nightmare um, because they they. Uh, you don't want to rush him back because they know you can get like three weeks if you rest on this one. And then again, if they're not going to make a decision, unless they make a decision by like Saturday, well, even by Saturday, four games have already been played because of the holiday week. So this is all these things are kind of coming together to make it a really bad choice. Obviously, if he's playing, you start him full stop, no matter what, even 80% of Justin Jefferson, 70% of Justin Jefferson is better than 90% of the options you probably have out there. But it's really going to be iffy whether you can wait until Monday to make that call. <laughs> I mean, that's that's just the, the reality of it right there. So I'm hopeful he plays. Um, my gut feeling is that he won't just because, again, of that bye week coming up and waiting till Monday night. Right now I do not have him in my lineup. But uh, uh, come Sunday, 1 o'clock Eastern time, if I, have, if I don't hear something, or if I hear something, I'll put him back in. But if I don't, I, I may – 
I may not take that risk of getting a big zero in week 12 when most teams can't afford that. Yep, I'm right there with you. All right, uh, moving on over to uh, L.A., another guy that's been uh, <laughs> on and off the injury list this year, Cooper Cup in L.A. Wow. Uh, he, uh, of course, missed uh, the first month of the season when the hamstring injury uh, was activated and looked like Cooper Cup for two games. And then all of a sudden things went haywire. He stopped producing. Matthew Stafford got hurt. And then uh, Stafford got uh, uh, healthy uh, coming off the bye, and uh, he plays the first four drives, catches a pass, and then, turns his ankle. Uh, looks like a low ankle sprain. They listed him day-to-day. Uh, not quite sure if he's going to play this week. Uh, when he left the game, uh, Austin Trammell, unknown, uh, came into the game and played over 40 snaps, saw six targets, caught three short passes, uh, and uh, probably would play again if Cooper Cup doesn't play. But what's your thoughts on this? Is uh, If Cooper Cup doesn't play, is Austin Trammell an option? What about Tutu Atwell? What's, what's, what's your thoughts, Chris? Yeah, one more quick thought on Jefferson I forgot to mention. Um, it, the team that's got Jefferson probably is on the cusp of, of making the playoffs. They might be desperate. If you're already in the playoffs, Justin Jefferson is a great trade option right now. You, you'll get him for your playoffs after week 14. So think about that for those of you guys who can still make trades this week. Now, as to the Rams, as to the Rams, um, Austin Trammell actually caught two of those passes while Cooper Cup was still in the game. So he was actually a part of the, of the flow Pretty early, I was I kept I was getting kind of annoyed because I was saying, why aren't you throwing it to Puka? Why are you throwing it to this Trammell guy? Um, I, me personally, I kind of got a feeling. I mean, just from what I saw from the Tutu Puka matchup or, or duo early in the season, that Tutu Atwell is going to get a lot more run. Um, this Trammell guy, I don't know where he came from. Quite honestly, I don't know anything about him. Um, but uh, if I had to play one of those two guys, like if Cooper Cup is out this week, or even if he slowed. I think I might lean toward Tutu a little bit more just because he's a little bit more of a proven commodity in a high-volume, high-target uh, opportunity. But Trammell certainly is interesting. It's definitely worth keeping an eye on, um, especially if Cooper Cup's going to be down for a long time. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I did pick up Tutu. Uh, uh, I had him earlier uh, in, in the season, but I did uh, reacquire him just to see what's going on there. He's at the bottom of my roster there at the wide receiver position. But that's a good point about Justin Jefferson. Uh, if you're going to make the playoffs, and uh, you know, you, it, it's it's if you're solid and you don't absolutely have to have him to make the playoffs, then uh, you know why not trade him? And a lot of people do have their trade deadlines this week, Thanksgiving week, and all. Just uh, think about that. All right, let's get to the list of injuries. It's not very long here, and a lot of these are going to be status as uncertain. Uh, Derek Carr down in New Orleans, uh, concussion is still in the protocol there. Uh, they hope that he'll be able to play by the weekend. We shall see. Damon Pierce in Houston, uh, they're not going to probably rush him back from that ankle injury because Devin Singletary's had two really good games there, but he might uh, end up playing and they might go back to an RBBC there, so that would disappoint Singletary owners. C.D. Lamb, ankle, uh, he was limited on Monday practice Tuesday, so it looks like he's good to go for uh, Thursday's turkey game. Uh, against the Commanders. Uh, Noah Brown uh, back to Houston there with a knee. Uh, status is certain there, but, of course, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when all four wide receivers, the top four wide receivers in Houston, are healthy. That has not happened since week one. So don't automatically put Noah Brown back in your lineup. they got Tank Dell, Robert Woods, and, of course, Nico Collins there ahead of them. And T. Higgins uh, for the Bengals, uh, yes, he's still uh, out with a hamstring. We'll see if he can play this week. Of course, it's not that big of a deal anymore because there's no Joe Burrow there, but Jake Browner probably would appreciate having another quality target. Michael Thomas, uh, you know, 
I knew it was only a matter of time. Knee injury placed on IR out for the year. Uh, he lasted longer than I thought he would, but if you got him, you can cut him unless you've got him in Dynasty. If you got him in Dynasty, I'd trade him because I don't think he's going to be uh, the Saint, with the Saints next year, but that's another uh, topic altogether. Christian Watson with a shoulder. He practiced fully on Tuesday after being limited on Monday, so it looks like he's good to go on the Turkey Day game. Traylon Burks, a concussion. We'll see if he can uh, practice and play. He's been out a couple weeks with that probably leaning towards playing if he can practice uh, Wednesday or Thursday. Darius Slayton with the arm. Uh, New York, uh, you know, he had the big score, uh, had the, the best game, uh, best, best half of any wide receivers, uh, wide receiver for the Giants in months. Uh, we don't know how bad it is. We'll see if he can practice this week or not. Joe Everett with the backup for the Chargers, uncertain there. And, of course, Dallas Goder with the forearm, officially uncertain, but I think he sits in at least another week there, hoping to get him back uh, after – Sitting one more week, missing maybe three games, uh, two or three games, and a bye week as well. And we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with assistance from the definitive fantasy football information service, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com. There's plenty of free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. Co-founder and CEO Michael Nazarek has several decades of experience including winning four consecutive SI.com Experts League Championships, along with tens of thousands of dollars playing in the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy football content updated daily, which give you the edge you need to legitimately claim championship. Championship! Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. All right, everybody, please check out our website, ffmastermind.com, including our uh, flagship feature, NFL Quick Bits, all the news as it breaks online, as well as uh, Einstein scouting reports, absolutely free, including those that cover uh, the Colts from uh, Chris Rito. Of course, we're still producing our premium weekly newsletter with daily releases, including our expanded picks-to-click feature, the market also. Uh, John Holler makes a special appearance. Holler, the cheap seats this week, uh, the weather edition, where he analyzes all 32 team schedules, for week 14 through 17 for the weather. In terms of the weather for fantasy, you'll want to know if it's a good, bad, or ugly for your team, so you'll know uh, whether uh, most likely you may have to make a last-minute trade. Uh, of course, uh, we rank everybody on Wednesday, and then we update the rankings, including flex rankings on Saturday, and we update our injury report every day. Um, all of this can be had for only twelve ninety-five. our mid-season sale. Late-season sale is probably going to happen here in another uh, week or two. And we'll cut that down even more. Please follow me on Twitter at FFMastermind, or X, as they like to call it now. All right, let's get, let's get to this week's picks to click and flick. These are guys you want to consider starting or sitting, depending on certain situations. Give me a couple of quarterbacks you like this week, Chris, and why. Well, what's not to like about Dak Prescott? Even with his down output last week, he's been averaging a crazy 31 points per game since week six. He's also averaged over 26 points per game on Thanksgiving over the last five seasons, so he definitely likes that Turkey Day game. 
Washington, meanwhile, is already bad on pass defense before trading away their two top pass rushers. And, and they just allowed Tommy DeVito and his crippled receiving crew to throw for three passing scores last week. So I think Dak should blow them up this week as one of the top overall quarterbacks. And then a very sneaky play that might be available off the waiver wire in your league for those suffering QB injuries in recent weeks is Jameis Winston. Uh, Carr has yet to practice. And like you mentioned earlier, he's still in concussion protocol from week 10. And Winston might get to tee off in a Falcons defense that's been a bit porous despite playing against five first-year starters in 10 games and no week one starter at quarterback in the last month. Um, Winston House has a crazy good history against the Falcons. Eight games since his rookie season, he's averaged 296 yards per game and over three touchdowns a game, passing for two in every game he played against them. Even if Carr plays, he could still be a valid start. But if it's Winston, I'd really like him to be really good, uh, a solid uh, low-end number one. Okay, a couple guys I like this week. Uh, Gardner Minshew for the Colts coming off that bye. Uh, well, they're playing the Tampa Bay Bucks, and uh, Bucks just got uh, ripped apart by Brock Purdy. And uh, three weeks ago, um, C.J. Stroud just ripped him a new one too. Two weeks ago, they fared pretty good against Will Levis, but you know most people are going to play against uh, a guy that's a rookie and only has DeAndre Hopkins as one primary target. But I think that Gardner Minshew is going to hook up well with uh, Michael Pittman and Josh Downs. Uh, and uh, as well as Jonathan Taylor there. And so if you need a starter, uh, Gardner Minshew is a nice play this week. And Matthew Stafford. Now, I know that uh, Cooper Cup might not play in this game, but the Cardinals secondary is just uh, right for the pickings. You've still got Puka Nakua over there. And, of course, you've got Austin Trammell. you got Higby. you got other guys there. And more importantly, you got Kyron Williams coming off of IR there. He can catch passes too. So I think that if you need a starter, uh, if you don't have Minshew, then, uh, you know, Stafford is a decent option there for you. A couple guys I'm concerned about this week. You mentioned the Cowboys uh, commanders game. Uh, Dak's a great play. Sam Howell. I think he's going to struggle against Dallas. Uh, yeah, he might end up throwing it for a score, maybe even running one in, uh, one or the other, I think. Uh, but it's not going to be a good game for him. Uh, Dallas is going to sack him all most of the game there. I, I just don't like this matchup for Sam Howell. Uh, and then uh, you got Geno Smith. Uh, wow. Uh, he's got the contusion on the end of the elbow. I'm not even sure if he's going to play. And he gets to play the 49er defense uh, and I believe this is, uh, yeah, it is a home game for Seattle, but I don't think that's going to matter. Kenneth Walker's not going to be in that game either, so uh, I sit Geno this week. I think the 49ers are going to do some sacking of their own, and I'm telling you, if Geno Smith doesn't play and Drew Locke's in that game, then the 49ers are going to feast big time. Anyway, uh, how about you, Chris, a couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why? Uh, I'll start with Russell Wilson. He's been a great NFL quarterback as Denver surprisingly won four or five, including several playoff teams, but he's been pretty weak for fantasy over that stretch, only getting about 16 points per game and 170 yards a game. You contrast that to the one and four starts the Broncos have, but he was averaging 24 points per game and like 250 yards a game. This week he faces a really tough Browns team that's been limiting all quarterbacks to a crazy low 15 points per game and only about 165 in the air and less than a touchdown a game. So besides the defense, there's also a small chance of snow this weekend. So I think for me, he's a low-end number two at best in any size league. I would start a guy like Minshew, like you just said, first for sure. And then my caution play of the week is Justin Herbert. Um, He's actually been surprisingly matchup dependent this year. In four games against top 10 rated pass defenses, Herbert's averaged under 200 yards per game and only five touchdowns in those four games. And the Ravens are definitely a top 10 pass defense. They've only allowed about 15 points per game to quarterback all year. I've only allowed three quarterbacks to top 15 points, uh, even though they've allowed the second most passing attempts in the league. You just can't get fantasy points on them in the air. 
Uh, Herbert's played Baltimore only once two years ago, and he was held to 195 yards and the lowest QBR game of his career. This is definitely a low possible floor and a low ceiling game for Herbert. Yeah, I agree with you there. In fact, one of my teams, I've got Herbert and Purdy. I'm going to be starting Purdy this week, so there you go. How about running backs? A couple of running backs you like this week and why? Uh, I like Ramondre Stevenson this week. Uh, with the Patriots quarterback issues and injuries amongst the receivers, there's a great motivation for Belichick to emphasize the ground game this week. And, and to do this, there are a few better options than the G-men who have allowed the second most rushing yards and the second most running back uh, touchdowns on the ground. They also showed themselves vulnerable in the air to the running back last week. So I think this is definitely going to be exploited also. Stevenson has a safety valve for safe throws. Sounds like a good game plan for a, for a, risky, for a, a struggling quarterback. And a big boon for his PPR value. Real solid play this week. And I love Isaiah Pacheco. I mentioned last week I think he's got a great schedule down the stretch. He was running like a man possessed on Monday Night Football. Definitely taking over the bell cow role for the Chiefs. In a game likely to have a very positive game script for Kansas City, he could get even greater volume this week. And that volume will be against one of the lesser run defenses in the league of the Raiders. Uh, he's got a little history to call on, but his last game against the Raiders in January, he averaged eight yards per carry, and he scored a touchdown. So I think he's really aligned to be one of the best running backs down the stretch, especially if he starts to score touchdowns just a tad more. Yeah, I was surprised about that uh, because I had him as a flick last week, and I admit I, I blew that call. But, uh, you know, with the Eagles defense, the run defense, playing very well until Monday night, uh, yeah, I think that that was a good call. But, boy, yeah, he, he really impressed in that game. Uh, a couple of running backs I like this week. Uh, well, I like the tandem of Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt, uh, Cleveland. They're going to uh, roll all over the Broncos. You notice that most teams now are running on the Broncos because their pass defense has actually improved so much. Uh, they give up the most running backs uh, to fan- in fantasy in 2023, the Broncos do. So I think that uh, there's a good chance of both Ford and Hunt playing uh, score in this game. you got DTR. Uh, he's, he's only in a pass when he absolutely has to there. And so I like the running game there of the Browns. And, of course, Derrick Henry now coming off two bad games. Well, guess what? He gets to play the Carolina Panthers. And we know what the Panthers did last past week. They allowed Tony Pollard to score his first touchdown since week one. Well, it's been a little bit more recent than Henry scored a touchdown, but it seems like if you own him like I do, it's been a while. Uh, but I think he's going to score in this game, roll up the yards, uh, probably total over 100 in this game. So you're going to start Henry, but this week at the end of the game, you're, you're going to be smiling. A couple of guys I'm concerned about this week. James Cook with Buffalo, it's it's now become more of a three-man RBBC now. You had uh, Latavius Murray, and then you got Ty Johnson, who, who, who sprung for a score last week. But they're getting the Eagles' run defense, and we know that they were kind of burned on Monday night. Well, they usually don't play two bad games in a row, so I think that the, that the Eagles are going to be primed to stop James Cook. He might, of course, catch some passes, do some damage that way, but in a non-PPR especially, I'm not going to uh, play Cook unless I have to. Uh, another guy, uh, B. John Robinson. Yeah, the guy, I think you got to temper your expectations against the Saints there. I know that he's seeing more touches and more carries and all, but their run defense is very good. And they haven't, uh, uh, so I think it's been a, quite a while since they've allowed any kind of big game to a running back there. And still, there's going to be more I, RBBC. Tyler Algier is not going to sit the sidelines there. So you're going to start B. John, but I temper my expectations a little bit more there. How about you, uh, Chris? A couple of running backs. You're not crazy about and why. Yeah, that's a good call on Bijan because, uh, you know, coming off bye week for both teams, the defense usually responds well to a bye because they're rested and the offense gets a little rusty and out of sync. So I think you're absolutely right mm-hmm. there. Um, I'm, a, I'm a little sketchy on A.J. Dillon. We talked about this earlier. You know, this is the third time this year people are now looking at Dillon to get a big boost in touches without Aaron Jones, but he's done squat with his other chances. So having him play on Thanksgiving against the fired-up Lions defense, 
on a short week with a groin injury. This just this doesn't sound like a good chance for him to break out. Um, they've been one of the stingiest defenses for the fantasy running back. They've only allowed like 62 total yards per game. Only a couple of guys have topped 45 yards. Nobody's topped 67 yards yet. Dylan also has a terrible history versus Detroit and on Thursdays. He's averaged under three PPR points per game versus Detroit in his six-game career and under three and a half yards per carry and just a tick better than both of those in his three Thursday games. Just just stay the hell away from A.J. Dillon this week. Uh, and then uh, I don't like Devin Singletary. I know he's been white hot for a couple of weeks, but that's been totally based on volume, 55 touches in two games, game flow, and opponents. Uh, it's my guess that none of these three are going to be in play this week in the Texans game versus Jacksonville and their tough run defense. And without him being much of a pass catcher, the floor is lower than most weeks, and the ceiling really capped for this November workhorse. Um, he's being used like primetime King Henry, but this opponent just held Henry to 10 carries on 38 yards and no scores last week. So he's probably still flex-worthy, played based on his recent usage and production, but he definitely isn't going to be an RB1 like he has been for the last couple of weeks. Yep. How about a wide receiver, a couple of guys you like this week, and why? So I love Puka. With, Coop, with Cup departing last week's game early, you saw a finally healthy Nakua once again become the main target in the passing game like he was in weeks one to four. They've got a chance to be the alpha dog again this week if Cup's ankle keeps him out. Uh, this, remember, this is the second time this ankle's been hurt in the last year, so I also worry about maybe a re-injury or being slowed down a bit even if he starts. So in either case, Nakua should get a solid volume against a defense that has allowed top number one wide receivers for teams to have more than a few absolutely monster games already. And then a sneakier play that I really like is Odell Beckham. I mean, could it be that OBJ is finally recovered and healthy or finally in sync with Lamar? Uh, in any case, he is heating up, and he's been the Ravens' top target and receiver over the last five games. And his target share is only going to increase as Mark Andrews now done for the year. So this week he's facing a bottom-feeding Charger secondary, should allow him to get open both across the middle and deep. Um, similar receivers to him stylistically have had a handful of big games against this team already this year. So I think he's going to continue to build on his hot November. Yeah, I tell you, I like the OBJ call, and just like uh, the other guy playing opposite him, Zay Flowers, uh, uh, fortunately people look at the box score and might say, well, three for 40 or whatnot he had last Thursday. He was kind of not involved, but he did take a short pass all the way to the house, called back on a penalty. So, yeesh, yeah, he got he got yeast on that one. <laughs> so if you got an OBJ, uh, you start him if you if you need him. Uh, Zay Flowers is a must-start against that Chargers soft secondary. Also, of course, I like Gardner Minshew. Of course, I already mentioned it. Michael Pittman goes right with him. I think he burns the Bucks for a score. So, obviously, if you got Pittman, you start him. Uh, but I think you'll also be smiling at the end of the game there because he'll be scoring for you. A couple guys I'm concerned about. Uh, I think Cortland Sutton is probably the only guy that I would start against the Browns. Uh, Jerry Judy, no freaking way. Okay, forget it. Uh, uh, just sit him. Uh, look elsewhere for fantasy potential at wide receiver this week. And then the Cowboys, uh, against the Cowboys, uh, the Commanders, uh, yeah, yeah, and Dotson, oh, he scores when you don't think he's going to score, when you expect that he should score or is going to be needed. He doesn't do anything. And I think that that's going to be another game that he doesn't do anything against the Cowboys this week. Uh, so uh, I don't play Yahan Dotson. How about you, Chris, a couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why? Uh, there's a whole lot of reasons not to like Tyler Lockett this week, and none of them even invoke having to play against the hottest and most fearsome defense in the NFL. His hamstring injuries made him a little bit spotty for practice for quite some time, although he's not missed game time, to be fair. And the stud rookie, JSN, is starting to get some more snaps and some more targets. So playing on a short week with that soft tissue injury, I just don't think it bodes well for the full game availability or for re-injury risk. And then you add in that his starting quarterback might be out or limited, and the starting running back is almost surely out, I think this entire offense could be in a bad way on Thursday night. And then 
Uh, my caution play is Adam Thielen. This is one where you got to look a little more carefully at the detailed stats. On the surface, it looks like the Titans allow some of the most points in the NFL to wide receivers, but nearly all of it is downfield and on the outside receivers. They've allowed amongst the fewest receptions and fantasy points out of the slot, which is where Thielen makes most of his hay. He's played most of his games against the worst bad slot coverage teams in the NFL, everyone in the bottom half of the league but one. And this week he plays one of the better ones. So be cautious that he might not get his usual high number of targets or catches, maybe lowering his normally high PPR floor. Okay, how about tight end? You have a couple of guys you like to end. Why? Uh, love me some David and Joku this week. The Broncos have turned around their defense, except especially their pass defense over the last six to seven weeks. But the one thing they still have not figured out to do, how to do is stop the fantasy tight end. They've allowed the most yards and tight ends in the position so far. They've allowed 10 tight end targets per game since week four. Uh, and Joku has steadily risen all season, and with DTR under center last week, he had a stupid, crazy, ludicrous 15 targets. Um, he's in the top six in tight end receptions and points per game for PPR over the last five weeks, and he's number two in targets while playing for a run-first team with an alpha dog receiver and three different quarterbacks. So he seems to be kind of situation-proof. I really like Njoku to stay consistent and hot. And then uh, I like Pat Firemuth this week. And this, this may be a little bit of a gut, gut check call since he was near invisible after his return from a lengthy IR stay. But Firemuth has always done very well against the Bengals. And they also happen to be one of the most generous teams to the tight end in the NFL. They've allowed three big games to the tight end in the last four weeks, 15 PPR points per game to the position in that time. And Firemuth himself scored in both games against Cincy as a rookie in 21. And last year, he had double-digit targets in both games against the Bengals. There's only two such games last year, posting two of his three highest yardage totals and PPR point totals. So he really likes this matchup. I think it's a good one for him. Yeah, I tell you, getting back to Njoku, uh, 15 targets, that's, that's crazy. He caught seven of them, and he had actually admitted after the game, i got to do better. So, yeah, he, he, wants, uh, he, he obviously uh, wants to do better. Uh, you know, catching uh, less than half of 15 targets, uh, yeah. Uh, so, but I like him, too, this week, of course. A couple of guys I like this week, uh, Evan Ingram, uh, Jacksonville. I think he's going to rebound against the Texans, a team that struggles against the tight end. So if you normally start him, don't bench him. And Logan Thomas, this is the one area of the Cowboys uh, that struggled they have allowed six tight end uh, to scores, tight end scores in 2023. So if you've got Logan Thomas and you need him, start him. Uh, a couple of guys I'm concerned about this week: Donald Parham. The Ravens play the tight end very tough, and Par- Parham's not exactly very athletic. He's a little tall, lanky, and such. They dropped the pass right in his hands last week. Uh, there was a lot of drops for the Chargers, but uh, I just don't like Parham this week. And Noah Fant. Yeah, I know you're not going to start him at all, but uh, get it, forget it against the 49ers. Uh, you know, it's a waste of talent there. He's still rotating with three, uh, two other tight ends, Kobe Parkinson and Will Disley. I, for some reason, I don't know what's going on there, but you sit him. How about you, Chris, a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why? Uh, I don't like Kate Otten this week. He, even though he led the team in receiving last week, he might have a reasonably high floor because the Colts allow a fair number of targets to the tight end. But it's worth noting they've allowed the 11th most receptions but the third most targets. So the damage really has been minimal. Uh, more importantly, they've only allowed a single score in the air to a tight end in 2023, and that's really the only way Otten has tight end, starting tight end potential. Uh, despite the volume they've allowed, the only tight end to top 11 PPR points versus Indy this year was Taysom Hill, and he had to run for 65 yards and two touchdowns to do that, which obviously Kate Otten is not going to do. He's only been in double digits once in the last seven weeks, so I just don't see the upside here. And then my caution play of the week is Cole Komet. 
he's been uh, extremely matchup dependent this season, and more so he's been quarterback dependent. He averaged 17 PPR points per game and eight targets with, with Vagent under center, but only five targets and 10 points per game with Justin Fields. He also has a very modest history against the Vikings, averaging under eight points per game, and even worse in Minnesota where he's never topped nine points and is averaging under seven points per game. So while the Vikings have been fairly generous to the tight end, they have been mostly been beaten by downfield, really speedy tight ends, of which I don't really consider Komet to be one. I think he's got a lower ceiling than usual this week. Okay, uh, it's time for the one-hit wonders at kicker and defense. Hit me with them. Love Chase McLaughlin this week. He's heading back to Indy in a little bit of a revenge game. But he also gets to face a team that's allowed the most kicking points so far, uh, over 12 points per game, kicking indoors in November is always good. And then I love Jason Sanders. This is the first of four consecutive weeks against the bottom three team in defending the, the place kicker or allowing fantasy kicking points. So I think he should be a great this week as well as for a stretch drive pickup of those guys maybe with Justin Tucker coming on, going on a bye next week. A couple of defenses I like, um, a couple of AFC East guys. I like the Patriots coming off their bye. Even in a win, the G-men gave up a lot to the fantasy defense last week, and no one has allowed nearly as many sacks as the Giants have. I think – Belichick is going to really come after DeVito. And then I like Miami going into play the Jets. Uh, uh, the Miami defense has been cranking up. The Jets have allowed 17 points per game to the defense the last four weeks. And starting Tim Boyle, that may or may not help that situation. Yeah, if it helps, it's not going to hurt, help that much. And I think uh, the commanders, didn't they sack uh, Tommy DeVito like eight times last week? Yes. Yes. It was ridiculous. Anyway, thanks uh, for joining us on this Holiday Turkey Day week. Uh, for Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarek. See you all next week when we offer our Week 13 preview. Happy Thanksgiving, good night, and good luck to everyone playing this week. Football! Football? You know, a physical sport. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazareth, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Good day, sir!